Live from the fish tank, get your host Ronnie back with another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. Uh, well, no results or anything to talk about today, so we can just go straight to uh, the interview there. And on the other side of the interview, we can, uh, you know, I guess do a little bit on how the matchups in baseball are holding. So let's get right to that then with uh, with Spencer. See you, see you on the other side. All right. Now, with baseball season in full swing, I figured it would be a good time to bring on Spencer again. The last time we spoke, he did not have a baseball team. This time he does. So how are we doing? Uh, actually pretty good so far, uh, considering every ranking has the or has Tom's team that I work for uh, as the lowest ranked team in, you know, basically pitching. My bat stuck. Uh, your numberless ranks to appease Mike also have me at the bottom, and here I am, opening week, uh, out here slugging it out with Keith, four, five, to three, at the moment. Yeah, um, uh, winning pitching cats. Uh, quick interjection here: Where is Keith on those rankings? Also low. Okay, that's, that's okay. Uh, cool. to, yep, yep. Hold on, that's another thing <laughs> we're going to talk about because that is undeserving. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I, those those were made, but those. Those were made before he did make a few notable call-ups, I will say. Mm-hmm. So the roster that he had at the moment was, I mean, it's no surprise here. This this baseball for him is not uh, exactly trying to win a championship this year, shall we say. But, I, I question that uh, hypothesis. Um, well, it's just it's, youth. Youth is the only difference there, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just start right off the top um, and, and go from there. What do you think? Uh, I was going to go through your team first, but if you want to do the rankings first, we can oh, okay. do that as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Sure, yeah. My team. I'll talk about me all day. Let's do it. Uh, so my team uh, made a couple big additions, uh, spent $90 in fab very first day, uh, made a couple strategic cuts. Uh, strategic in question quote marks um, and yeah uh, really like where we're at uh, you know this season you know we're not going to beat around the bush here uh, we're not expecting much um, the youth is supposed to be filling us back up um, in a couple of years here uh, but I really like the contribution that I'm getting from you know obviously my top guy Ronald Acuna Jr. has been the best player so far uh, this week, uh, that's to be expected. Um, but then, like Alec Bohm is hitting the cover off the ball. Ryan Mountcastle and Santander, Santander are hitting the ball well. Uh, my leading RBI guy, surprisingly, is Stevie Kwan. Uh, that imagine saying that sentence a week ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's uh, it's like he's the clear. He's he's ahead of everybody by two. Um, Robbie Grossman hasn't been on my team for the five RBIs he's got, but Acuna's got four, and Quan's got seven. Yeah. Uh, all singles, but he's drove in seven. Um, happy with my pitching so far for the most part. We've had two like horrible, horrible starts uh, from two guys that I was expecting to be a little better. Um, Ross Stripling also got beat up, but he's on a minimum contract, and he was against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. So... A 280-foot fly ball is going to fly out of there in any other. Or a fly ball to 
medium left field is going to fly out of there as a home run. Um, and yeah, my pit, my relief pitchers have gone nine and two thirds and have not given up a run, a couple walks, but nine and two thirds scoreless is pretty damn good. Yeah. <clears throat> and then this is kind of something that kind of like crossed my mind and then briefly left it while you were talking about this. But with Acuna, my first thought is to look at your team like, well, you know, with, with your timeline, you're probably not competing by the time his contract ends. But then on the other hand, like, well, you have a lot of young players on your team. You can probably actually extend Acuna for the full five years and be able to stomach that. Like you'll yes. have, you'll have enough uh, lower salaries around him that him making at worst 24 million is not going to really be all that, all that bad. So I put together a, Oh, Oh, I'll have to clean that up after. It's okay, buddy. Yeah, it's okay, Theo. Uh, my dog apparently just puked on the floor, adding to the sickness in the family. Uh, Theo, I'll take care of it, okay? Thank you for letting me know. Got it. Got it, dude. High five. Okay, I'll give you one, too. There you go. Being a father and a fantasy owner at the same time. Back-to-back uh, so back back weeks having a three-way in the pod. Love, love it. <laughs> yeah, he's here. Uh uh, my favorite thing, his favorite thing so far this year for the Fantasy League was seeing Chris's picture with the cat. Remember, Chris? <laughs> yeah. Remember the picture with the guy with the cat ears, Theo? What did you say when you saw him? He was like a cat person, right? Yeah, and shaking your head is a really good audio. I thank you for that. <laughs> All right, watch the show, baby. Leon, go, go somewhere else. Don't eat you. Yeah. Just love them. Uh, but we're on a coup yet. So, um, uh, back on a coup yet. So, um, I think I told Chris about this. I'm not exactly sure who I told otherwise. But I wrote what might be the longest document I've ever written that didn't have to do with school or work regarding my candidacy for team vice or executive vice president of the Vegas Flamingo. Um, the title of that document is called the Acuna window. Um, I'm not going to elaborate further. Obviously, if we win the championship in the manner in which I wrote it out, um, I will certainly be sharing it because that would be the greatest, uh, dancing on everyone's graves that I could, uh, provide. But, uh, I wrote this out in, it was legitimately like six or seven copy and paste into group me because there is a character limit. Uh, to give you any idea of how long this is, how thorough it is, how in-depth it is, it took me four days to write it uh, from the time when I accepted the position as executive vice president of baseball operations in the Vegas Flamingo until the Saturday when we started making trades. Uh, it took me that whole time to write it. Um, but yeah, the short answer is we're not getting rid of Acuna. Uh, we are going to be re-signing him, uh, you know, barring catastrophe in two years. Um, that it's going to be I mean, probably the second highest contract in the league at that point. It's going to be the 16, you know, hopefully we can hopefully assume that it's going to be the full max at that point. Um, so I think if my knowledge of the rules is correct, it's going to be 24 million. Yep. Although I've got to say that really makes me feel great about the fact that uh, who is number one in the circumstances around a player like Ronald Acuna Jr., an absolute superstar having being the best player by the player rater, because that is how the contracts are determined. I'm not going to force you to rant on that. 
Yeah. Right? And he gets a, you know, he's best player in the world. He gets a full extension and he's still not paid what Burns was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's still only going to be two years away from when you have to add 50% to that contract too and resign him if you so choose. It's going to be what, 37, 37 and a half? Uh, third, 37 and a half, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be quite a pity pretty penny on your contracts when you got uh you know carol and all that but this isn't about you this is about me um so uh yeah we're we have full intention on keeping them um and the the basic of it because we did get really in depth into needs on like specific moves i was hoping to make and specific prospects we were hoping to have flourish prospects we were possibly looking at sending out um it's all there and so far things have gone pretty well to plan um but the number one thing is we are keeping Acuna. We're not trading him, and we are competing. Uh, I, I say that with the question mark and the inflection at the end because you know it is going to be what it is. Um, this is not a championship quality team, but if the right combination of unexpected pitching, unexpected hitting, uh, teams in the league not setting lineups, playing waiver wire, etc. You know, this team could be in contention for the last spot in the playoffs, maybe sneak in. Um, like I said, it, it's semi-unrealistic, but it's not um, completely out of the question, especially, you know, I have one, two, three, four, five guys right now hitting over a thousand OPS. So, um, yeah, ho- hoping that, you know, this continues. I don't think Hassan Kim is going to continue hitting with a 1200 OPS, but um, it's been nice so far. Uh, what it, can I, uh, I don't want you to reveal like too, too much, but when you first were looking at this team after you took it over, like how, what was like your initial uh, reaction to like seeing the, uh, the guys in front of you? Um, I mean, my silence is speaking volumes here. <laughs> uh, it, it's it, the, the pitching staff, um, needed Needed eighty dollars worth of fab invested in it. Uh, let's say that um, it's going to be a work in progress all year. I really do like a couple of the, the pieces that were here before. Um, I think the acquisition of Kenta Maeda as, as a throw-in in the Bryant deal is actually a you know semi good like lottery ticket because he's a quality pitcher, uh, but he's you know coming back from Tommy John and all that. Um, Fujinami also just the lit it up in spring training. I'm really excited about him. He looked great through two innings the other day and he gave him eight runs in a third of an inning right after that. Um, have high hopes for uh, the Sheriff Kopech or Kopech, whatever. I don't know. Uh, Kopech, but, I believe. You know, Kopech. Uh, but, you know, uh, rough outings are going to happen and, um, you know, I don't, I don't see him giving up five solo home runs in two innings uh, going forward. Uh, but, you know, uh, the, the thing I could say is about half of the relief pitcher is elite. Um, the other half is paid like they're elite. It is paid, yeah, it is paid like they're elite, and the extra third years can't cut them uh, without paying for it. Uh, I, I, uh, I've got thoughts, I've got opinions, but uh, it's, hey, it's okay. Lay down, lay down, lay down, bothering the kid, ruining the interview. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's potential here. Um, but there are massive Swiss cheese holes. Um, 
it's in terms of top 100 talent, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of line by saying I think I only have two, maybe three top 100 talents on the team. Um, I think I have one in the minors, two in uh, Yohan Duran, who we're, we're playing the game of when is the right system to bring up. Um, having him be a full-time closer is really helpful, but um, if we're not going to be in it this year, then we're, we're just wasting a year of eligibility at that point, uh, especially with that $24 million contract coming up. Was Nesky already touched up for an earned run before he can even get out of the first? Oh, yeah, sure enough. Uh, let's see, what, what happened here? Fraley single to center. Oh, he doesn't even have He's got two outs at least. Yeah. So uh, that's good. Um, but yeah, a couple of base hits it looked like. Yeah. Uh, Three hits uh, so far in the first inning. Um, but, you know, for every Wisniewski, there's uh, Ashcraft, who and, is like a fucking all-star the other day. So, yeah. um, and speaking of him, I wanted to make a really bad joke here, if you'll allow. <clears throat> I'll go for it. When you were uh, deciding on how much fab to bid on him, were you perhaps crafting a different type of ash? For, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, it was, it was, uh, I was at home and, uh, was that Monday? Uh, like, uh, waivers ran Tuesday. I don't remember something like that, maybe. Okay. So Monday, um, uh, and I'll, you know, we're getting off on another tangent here, but I that's will fine. tell you why my ash was being crafted that Monday afternoon at 5 PM. Cause that's when I set all of 17 pickups that I did. Um, from Sunday night at 10 PM, I know I made like a little bit of the story, um, over chat and I ended up elaborating more on like what Reese ended up with. But Sunday night, 10 p.m., I finished doing dishes, which was my last chore of the night usually. Usually at that point, I'm allowed to go outside and, and handle business as I prefer to do, as you all know. Um, but 10 o'clock, she started throwing them. And from 10 o'clock to 1 p.m. the next day, uh, 1 p.m. that Monday, every 15 minutes, both kids uh, did actions in concurrence with having a stomach flu for every 15 minutes, we had one 90 minute break in that whole time where nothing happened. And it was from 4.30 to six. So we slept and then woke back up right to hell again. Um, it was such a long night that basically I just woke up the next morning and went straight into like <laughs> shitty dad mode, basically. And so yeah, Ash was certainly being crafted at that time. Um, the initial layouts, uh, that I had in terms of fab dollars counted up to 80. And then I reached up to ownership and received approval to increase that to 90. Um, that was a mistake uh, in hindsight, um, pushing both of them over 40. Because they were at, uh, I think I had Mastesky at 35 and I had Ashcraft at 29 originally uh, with, you know, my Jansen and Wong and Suarez thrown in there too to add a thing. And my concern was, it's that thing of if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. I thought one of you jerks was going to bid 50 on one of those two. Uh, so my thought was I need to push both of them up as high as possible. That way I don't lose both of them. But if I lose one of them, I still get another. Uh, so that was the thing behind that. I think I ended up at 41 for Westbeski, 40 for Ashcraft. Um, which, you know, giving up a earn run and three hits in the first inning of your first game is not exactly ideal. But um, Ashcraft was awesome. Um, we've seen enough of Westbeski from spring training at the end of last year to know that there is something there. Uh, 
but it is still the Cubs' fifth starter. Kyle Hendricks comes back in a few weeks, and we'll have to see how performance goes in between. And then, because I'm such a, a fan of pitching, I kind of want to briefly talk about uh, Kodai Senga. He pitched, uh, you know, had a first inning was a bit of an adventure, but after that, he settled right down and had some uh, very gifable pitches the rest of the way. Yeah, gifable for sure, and he ended up only giving up one earned. Uh, didn't get the quality start because he only had five. But my big concern there is that he threw 88 pitches and only 36 of them for strikes. Um, so even after the first inning, the pitch count kept right. Uh, like he was really efficient. I think he only threw like 10 or 11 pitches an inning after that for the rest of the five. Um, but the first inning was damn near 40. I think it was 37 pitches. Um, and in every inning, he was still getting, like they were just swinging. Uh, Adam, like the Marlins aren't exactly the best lineup, um, uh, but they, they were swinging at every strike, which helped them be efficient because he was still throwing a ton of balls. Yeah. Um, so it's concerning. Uh, the rookie of the year campaign did not get off in the uh, manner that I had hoped. Um, neither did the Christian Javier Cy Young <laughs> campaign did not, did not either. Um, but yeah, uh, Singa, I'm still really excited for the End result ended up great. I think he faces Milwaukee this week. Um, so, you know, hopefully another good lineup to go up there and set down six or seven of them and maybe stretch it to six innings. Cool. That would be uh, trying to, you know, be biased here. As much as I would like to say that I hope all 11 of your teams suck and my team kicks ass, uh, <clears throat> I, you know, I think Kodai Senga being good would be fun. So, yeah. No, I uh, I think a um, a top four in terms of starters of uh, Javier, Sanga, Ashcraft, and Wisniewski, if they're pitching at a number three starter level uh, the rest of the year, our pitching is not going to be the worst pitching in the league. Um, so if that's the case, then we're we're going to be good to go. Um, but basically at this point, I'm just trying to make sure those eighty-one dollars I spent in have aren't complete losses. Um, and that's the like biggest concern in terms of short term at this point. Oh, for sure. I mean, the last thing you want to do is spend a, a big chunk of fab on a player, get attached to them after a uh, a season that doesn't go as you'd expect, and then you kind of have to extend them just to you know save face like some cost fallacy, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. We're uh, we're still talking about me at this point, right? <laughs> y- yes, yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. questioning like why you would spend ninety dollars fab up front. And the answer is uh, you know for the Bryce Terrains of the world, they just went for like he went for seven bucks. That might be one of the most impactful pickups of the year at this point. Um but he went for seven bucks. Uh so that first day um it was absolutely necessary to get some sort of infusion pitching. Um kind of cost be damned at that point. Um so did we overspend? Yes. Did I purposely like request to overspend? Yes. Uh, so in that manner, it went to plan. And so far, it's been all right. Yeah. And then if I can, yeah, this is going to take me a second here. I want to yeah. tell you the fab spent on a certain other player who probably will vastly outperform what Terang, who probably last year vastly outperformed what Terang will do this year. Uh, last year, I fabbed Michael Harris the second for five bucks. Yeah. Look at that. Rookie of the year. So, and well worth the extension that he got too. Yep. 
So, so you know, gotta... that, that, that's a, an excellent story of how $5 in fat goes a long way. But like in terms of like go out there and get quote your guys, I've been watching those two for a week at that point. Um, you know, West Desky for longer because I am a like Mariners, Ben Cubs fan in terms of that. So I knew it was like he was really hot. So I was pitching Ninja Kips got really excited. And then I started hearing about um, the Cincinnati Reds players talking about who's better. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be laughable to everybody in this league, but they're talking like in the Reds clubhouse, they're talking about who's better between Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft, and who should be number one between the players. Oh, you're talking, um, about, so at the, that point, you're talking about the Votto interview? Uh, there was that one, but then there was another one, too, where one of the guys, um, I think it was Stevenson, was talking. And he said something like, we've got three guys and they're you know, interchangeable or something like that. Yeah. And so it, it got me really excited um, for Ashcraft. And, you know, results so far, so good on that one. Um, would have loved to see a couple more strikeouts. But I watched basically that entire game. And every out he got was some weak ground ball in the infield. Uh, he only had the one time where he got hit, you know, even to the warning track. And it was Brian Reynolds, so a really quality hitter was the one who took him deep. Um, but that was, like, the only blemish on his record the whole day. Yeah. Although I will say the Votto interview was kind of funny because I did see that that one question where he's asked, you know, of of his own opinion between the three of them. And he goes off for about two minutes kind of, you know, pointing to, like, the few things that make each of the three very good. And then at the very end, the reporter asked him follow-up, okay, but which one would you like? He's like, I like Alexis Diaz. He's a really good closer for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, it, I mean, it's quality arms, and they're building something there in Cincinnati, and you know, it's young, and the Diamondbacks are young, and there's a lot of that this year where teams are like really young and really fast, a bunch of stolen bases. Um, the Orioles are kind of like this so far this year too, where like Mullins is out of his freaking mind through week one. Um, but these teams are going to improve this year, and the preconceived notions we have with them going into spring training and going into season are going to change. So, um, you know, we just got to, I'm kind of preparing for that and hoping for the best in, in terms of that. Um, but, you know, I'm still out here pitching Kenta Maeda and Jose Suarez in the Euro Bar Lord 2023 at this point because of its roster. Yeah. Although, I mean, for like a little bit, uh, brief second of real life talk, I think the Orioles could maybe be a sneaky wildcard team this year if things like break well for them. I don't know if they'd be sneaky because they were right in it last year too. Um, they were down into it until I think they got eliminated. Same day, no, they they did not get eliminated. We eliminated them with or we Mariners eliminated them with the Cal Raleigh homer. Oh, I didn't realize they were in that long, but yeah, yeah, no, the the, the Cal Raleigh game I went to because we were either going to clinch due to the Yankees beating the Orioles or the Mariners winning on their own. And I looked at the starter, Waldachuk, who I have an affinity for, and I was like, all right, well. Maybe the Yankees can go out there and get it done. And the Yankees were up, if I remember correctly, in the lead in the seventh or eighth. And so in the third inning, Mariners fans got the bad news, like, hey, you're going to have to do this on your own tonight. And at that point, we were down one or something like that. And, you know, right after that, Ty France goes and ties it up, which is really nice. But then we spent the, the next three hours at that point biting all my fingernails off until Cal Raleigh drilled one down the line. And even then, it didn't even look fair. Um, it's still went out there, yeah. so yeah. really happy about that. But yeah, they were in it until three games from the end. Yeah, because I remember that game. Was it two batters or three that uh, Brash struck out in the eighth? 
I don't remember. I don't remember, but I, I remember being very upset he was in there. Like that was the guy they called in that situation. And then, you know, obviously very happy with the result. But I was not pumped because I was like, okay, we need to see, you know, Seawalt or Castillo or something like that. Because it wasn't Munoz yet. Um, Munoz came would have came in in the ninth. But um, Logan pitched extremely well. And then they set off the, the fireman music. And out comes Matt Brash. And I was like, oh, no, this is this is bad. This is really bad. And then, yeah. Threw really good sliders and got batters out. Love to see that. All right. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, I guess probably the two, the last thing, at least I had prepared for your team here that I kind of want to briefly talk about was uh, how did, uh, how did it go uh, bringing in your, uh, your sweet baby to the team? Jared, um, I straight up asked um, when Tom made the offer, I DMing and was like, Hey, are you going to allow me to like get him for fair value or are you going to be an asshole about it? And you know, that's like word for word, exactly what they said. And uh, fair value was the response and fair value was the return. Uh, a fourth and two fifths. Um, I know everyone kicking, kicking themselves because now all of a sudden the guy with the uh, imaginary brick wall Patreon membership had three extra picks. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's concerning for everybody, but uh, I, I Still think it was a pretty good move. I've since learned that there were a couple other teams in negotiations that ended up offering just less of that. Um, so I feel good that I paid the most for them um, in that regard and that I got them. Um, just because I I would feel really weird if, you know, this two for 13 with eight strikeouts. Um, I feel good that it's happening on my team because the opposite, the, the six for 13 with three home run breakout on someone else's team would have really bothered me, especially if it was uh, paying at this point, considering he has the bones of the Kletas um, and you know, one last year. So all of a sudden you get the Kelnick breakout too. I'm really kicking myself for not making a deal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like, it was, I talked to Tom, then I talked to Payne, made the deal, wrote the big document, did all the trades that Saturday. And now here we are. Yeah. Was uh, pleased to get Matt Chapman from you. He's been pretty good to start the season hitting 533. Yeah, so yeah, I just three for four on opening night and had a stolen base or something like that. I'm like, well, well, fair value. And then Suarez the last two nights come alive a little bit. He's hit 300 now, six for 20, still no homers, two runs, three ribbies. So um, yeah, I wish wish the trade was working out a little bit better in the immediate, but uh, still pretty happy with it. Um, I, I I think Chapman is one of those um, you know. To say Christian Pash is like a bad word, but it's like one of those ones where he's way better in real life than he is for fantasy purposes. Because um, yeah. the defense is really what keeps him on the field. And, you know, timely hitting is really nice, but timely hitting does not add up in fantasy the same way it does in real life. For sure. But, you know, kind of like you said, it, I I can be a little bit of a sucker for the real life types, and I didn't really yeah. have an and attachment. Shoes. Yeah, I didn't have an attachment to, uh, to Suarez, really. Uh, third base has been a position I've struggled to have any sort of continuity at for the entirety of my franchise. And I saw an opportunity to have Chapman for a couple of years, hopefully, and see where that goes. Yep. Uh, Wisniewski through two. He did walk someone in that last inning, but he did get his first strikeout. Okay. Glad to see that. Former former Yankee farmhand. He was in the uh, the Scott Efros trade. And I think that might have been the only one. I don't think we got anyone else yeah. from the Cubs that year. I know, I know it was Efros, but I don't know if anyone else came back with Efros. I don't think. 
he's one of those ones. Um, I know you're not a Levitar hard listener like Mike and I are, but they had a revelation on there a couple months ago where someone in their crew thought the guy's name was Frank O'Harris, like uh, Irish <laughs> guy. Um, and for that, every time someone says Scott F. Ross, I think it's, you know, first name, initial, last name there. Uh, then I look it up and it's E-F-R-O-S-S or whatever. So uh, I, I always giggle a little bit when I hear that one. Uh, oh, for the year with Tommy John. So hopefully F. Ross will be back in decent for the Yankees in 2024. Yeah. F. Ross TJ. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, happy so far. Uh, Contending the first week, I know you're going to say what you're going to say about the year, but I think this team is a lot better than what your rankings that we're now going to circle back on are, are giving you credit for. All right. Yeah, I guess that is a pretty good natural segue. Uh, do you want to talk about the, uh, the, the numbers I got from the, from the athletics little ranks there and you can go that first and then, cause there's less for me to talk about with that. And then we can finish up on my own. Yeah. Okay. And we are talking about small sample size theater here. Yes, um, very much so. And that's, that's what it is so far. There are injuries coming out of spring training. Um, there have been some really bad starts, uh, like, like terrible start to think the offenses came out like gangbusters so far this year compared to usual. Yeah. Um, more than half the and, league, and, more than, yeah, more than half the league currently has an ERA above four for DSEC. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a couple of sixes in there, three sixes in there uh, yeah. and then a five for me. So this has not exactly been awesome. Um, there's been some, you know, there is uh, in the regulators versus the Joven, uh, it's a 4-2-3 ERA facing up against a 4-3-4 ERA, and I think that's the closest pitching matchup so far. Uh, otherwise, you know, we got a 3.15 leading a 5.06, a 2.5 leading a 4.3, a 1.8 uh, beating a 6.6 ERA, a 3.7 ERA beating a 6.4 ERA, and then another 3.7 beating a 6.2. Like it, it is. Um, wildly out of control and that is leading to some pretty crazy offensive numbers as well um but like small sample size theater here we're talking about ping being number one he's got a 90.8 in terms of bats and 18.9 in terms of arms meaning he's got the second best according to the athletic uh, hitters and i think that's the second best arms according to that ranking at the time um but he's losing to the team you had ranked at the very bottom of that so number one is <laughs> the team the algorithm had ranked at the very bottom Okay. Um, yeah, your number list ranks though are still pretty egregious in terms of that. Number one is then losing number nine. Like it's yeah, it's just a weird a weird week, and we're allowed to call it a weird week. But um, you know, uh, uh, last year's title winner, hoping to be a title contender this year, is, is out there losing to shrimps, who everyone was pretty content saying like didn't have much of a chance, ranked them below me in terms of the algorithm. Um, and then on vibes, they're still down there pretty low. Like various teams kicking ass, uh, pitching super well too. So like, uh, you know, a lot of the preconceived notions are being thrown out in week one. Uh, I think the only one that I I would say is that like going exactly as you may expect um, is the whale over uh, the notorious nut at this moment. But that even then is just like a a beat down compared to you know what should be a pretty close race. I mean, I would like to th- to think that me. Not being embarrassed by Alex is probably how many expect things to go, but you know, I'm still actually very much in this, which is surprising to even me. So I won't push back too hard on that. 
close to close on K's and one quality start tied on strike uh, saves. Somehow you're barely ahead on blocks and strikeouts despite your other two ratios. And then in terms of hitting, you're only a couple behind on counting stats. So um, yeah, it's really close. But even then, that's that is three and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I mean, the the fact that three is struggling against eight is um, probably actually a good sign for our league. Um, that was one other thing I wanted to hit on this is because hold on, what's a baby boy? You're all done with them? Okay. Okay, just put that there for right now. Thank you, big guy. Keep watching the show. Okay, I'll take it. There you go. Neon won't take your water. All right. Uh, but yeah, back to it. I, uh, I I was looking at the league and you know conversations that we've been having in the chat and stuff like that. And um, I'm actually really excited about baseball specifically because there are like to call myself a have not is to call a team right now that is you know contending in week one a have not. And it is true we probably have the risk to take. Um, uh, but the the parity in here, every, there's not going to be an easy. The only easy weeks are going to come because of waiver wire um, inactivity and lineup inactivity. Um, but otherwise, I think I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk for anybody. I think um, it's going to be a real any given Sunday type of situation where anybody could be up. The, the shrimps could be beating the piss out of the mudslides any week, um, and that's going to have to be something that the top half of the team, the contenders, have to kind of plan for. The hope is that they put together a bunch of like seven fives um and don't end up dropping anything uh i put you in that category too because i know you're going to be right on the borderline and your pitching is good um but you're going to be in it every week against you know the paulos of the world and me and the shrimp and yeah everybody else down the line it's certainly not hockey where there's three halves Two teams in the mushy middle and like five have nots. <laughs> so yeah, oh, this is going to be uh, you know the hope is that it's a dog fight all the way to the end. Uh, uh, you and I privately have talked about two people that I'm you know generally concerned with in terms of other sports inactivity, waiver wire inactivity, things like that. Maybe dropping all the way to the bottom, but I think that's the only only way anybody's actually going to fall out of this race. I think the cream will rise to the top, but the cream. Not going to be that much different from what the middle looks like. I think, um, you know, obviously someone could really surprise us there, but um, yeah, I, I think the guys with really good hitting are going to be carrying us. Nobody, I'm sorry. Go, go watch your show, okay? Um, and uh, the guys with the hitting are going to carry a lot of cats. The guys with the pitching are going to have to get really lucky as they go, and that's just going to kind of be how the year goes. All right, and then we can shift over, I guess, now to my my vibes ranks, and I'll let you have your have your chance here to pick apart, you know, any between one and twelve teams. I have whatever number of teams you want to complain or uh, not complain, but push back on our ranking. Feel free. Um, this isn't a disparity rank because the team is good, and I've admitted as such even even publicly. But Ping being number one is a little bit of um, a recency bias. I think I think Josh. Uh, Probably actually should be number one, even then that's just nitpicking we have number one and number two. Uh, I think Alex's arms are second best in the league, and that is not also disrespectful to say. But I think the team you have second from the bottom um, has more business 
at least in the middle of this than, um, than some of the teams I'm looking at, and that's Keith. Uh, I know it's a little bit of bias on my part because I'm playing them, but the pitching is lights out. The, the pitching is as good as anybody's top line pitching. And I know you have some disagreement with like the Noah being a, a top level guy, a front line guy, but the stuff is electric and all of Keith's stuff is electric. The only argument against him is Keith, but even then, got the three Royals that are all 25 or under, the Witt, Melendez, and Pasquantino trio. And, you know, those guys are underrated because they're young, but they're already coming out swinging. Uh, you know, Sandy at the beginning of his rotation is as strong as anything, but then you add Jorge Lopez to that, and you have Manoa to that, and you have three aces. I, right I, hope, I hope you mean Pablo. I, I, hope, I hope you mean Pablo Lopez. Pablo! Okay. Jorge Lopez is closing. Yes, like I like Jorge Lopez might be decent. I don't know if Jorge Lopez is winning anybody any weeks on his own, but well, he's got two saves so far, so he's he's tied at that cap for yeah. and uh, two two scoreless innings. Yes, I, I misspoke. I chose the wrong Lopez, five dollar five. Um, but uh, I, I really uh, even more than my team being at the bottom because I understand that. Um, and these were before the two wave wire pickups as well. The, the two ones that I say are pretty crucial to how my season's going to go. I think Keith is as good as any team on this. And I think that even the top three or four teams are going to have a lot of problems. Yeah. I mean, now that he's called up, guys like Manoa and Volpe, and I think those are the only two prospects. Yeah, I think those only two prospects he called up. So, I mean, those two alone will definitely make him a little bit more competitive here. But, yeah. So, in hindsight, would I bump yeah. him up maybe one, probably? I don't think he'll be a playoff team, but like you said, I think he could be a team that'll uh, be good enough to, to really give certain certain teams some uh, some struggles when the stars align. Yeah, I, I think he's winning four categories every week. Uh, and that, as a guarantee, with his pitching – uh, means that against the teams that maybe aren't as strong as hitting as the, the top four, um, he's got a chance to steal every week. Uh, I, I really feel strongly about his pitching. And uh, yeah, thanks. Good job. Are you signing that baseball? Oh, good stuff. Put your signature on it, okay? Yeah, is that good? Oh, yeah, perfect. Perfect. What is it yeah, like? Three-way pause. This is best. He's, he's uh, currently signing his Hall of Fame game. Send out to the winner of the league this year. But is it legible? It's a three-year-old trying to write his own name on a circular, circular surface. I mean, what do you think? Uh, you take that as a no. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's not. It, um, it's kind of <laughs> and that's fine. He's learning. Um, to be fair, and again, yeah. like every every signature is a bunch of scribbles on baseball. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel really strongly about Keith being at the bottom and, and that being kind of a mistake in terms of your vibes. Because um, I just don't think that's going to be the case. I think Barry's going to be a little better. Um, I'm specifically trying to talk around the two people who I think are going to be inactive because I know they're like, not going to hear this on the pod anyway, but also I don't want it like being a thing. Yeah, um, fair. So, um, yeah, I, I, I feel fine with me at the bottom. That, that's okay. Because um, I know that this year, every team against me is going to actually you know, have to do something and actually win it. Um, but I think a lot of teams are capable of like turning over that. I think there are going to be two teams that are like inactive, not doing waivers, things like that. And then I think um, the middle is going to be really, really strong. So I think this this thing, we may have one team that starts to outpace
bunch. And my guess on that would be that it's Josh um, based on short term. I think Alex's pitching is also good enough in, in combination with his bats to kind of push off ahead. But I don't think anybody else is really going to take off and like steal this thing and have playoffs locked up four or five weeks in advance. I think this is going to come right down to the end of the day. Like, kind of like base or basketball was where the second team could fall all the way to like fifth on the very last week. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a very, very competitive sport. I was glad to see that for basketball. Definitely see a lot of the same same for baseball, I'm hoping. So Yeah, uh, I mean the hope is that we're not in accident. The hope is that everybody's out there and, and doing that. That's that's absolutely what's best for the league and best for competition and can give a true winner. Um, I guess the other thing that we gotta hope this year, and this also isn't a slight and I said that a dozen times now trying to cover it because I think my conduct in the chat is a little bit more aggressive than maybe it should be or maybe even how I actually feel. But uh, the hope is that the Sears doesn't win on a stack correction. Um, yeah. I mean, as, so as, that, yeah, as, as funny as that was, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it loses its, its shine when it happens like one time. If it becomes consistent after that, we're going to have to look at uh, uh, possibly figuring out how to update that so that it doesn't become such a big deal. Um, yeah, hopefully, yeah, the, yeah, hopefully, like, you know, an earned run or two switching shouldn't, you know, be enough of a enough of an event to, to change a category. So if, if you want to win, give yourself a little bit of breathing room. Mm-hmm. But uh, TJ Friedel just took West Ham. Well, I can uh, say that about pretty much all of my starters except for like one this <laughs> this uh, this matchup period so far. So been there. The other the other side of that is Kent Maeda has given up one run through three, but he also has five strikeouts. So oh, bless him. Uh, Jeez. Bless you, baby boy. Is, uh, is is he going right up to your AirPod just to sneeze and walk away? Like that was crystal uh, clear. He he requested to be on my lap so we could draw on some of my work papers and draw on his baseball. So yeah, he is right next to my head right now. <laughs> well, anything else on these rankings here? I don't want to like you know hold you too long while you have to. Oh do, no, do we're, we're, good. we're still we're still like a half hour from dinner time and all of that. Got a lot to do tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I think. The middle class there, what I'm calling it, the upper middle class of Mike, Nate, Ronnie, Chris. You guys are all going to be fighting for, four of you are going to be fighting for three spots, I think. Um, it's, it's six in this playoffs, right? It yep, just six. Okay, hey, we're not going to do the Sharpie. That's, that's a scary preposition. We're giving a toddler a Sharpie. Um, a three-year-old a Sharpie. But, uh, yeah, I think you guys are going to be fighting for either three or two positions which is going to make that squeeze really, really tight. And injury is going to play a big part in this too. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really believe that that there's one team near the bottom of your guys' ranks that's going to end up a lot higher than you think. Um, and I would call that key. All right. Yeah, I mean, I'm just you know, hoping I can at least be in the conversation there. Obviously, uh, starting off a little bit behind the eight ball with, with health. But. Yeah, uh, and I mean, do you want to have the conversation we were having privately yesterday about your pitching? Uh, we, I mean, if you want, we can. I'm always willing to, it's up to, you, to go to bat for you guys. It's a little bit of – it's probably a good thing to end our little second on here. This is a, a legitimate debate that we were having. But, 
yesterday, I was saying, you know, with respect to the frostbite, because I do think that is the second best stat in the league. I think it's key. Um, and, you know, so I'm probably going to end up wrong on that because I end up wrong on a lot of things. But uh, so for you to fire off in my DMs yesterday, it was a way you to hit in the strength you did. <laughs> yeah. was uh, hilarious. Um, and, and you did go to bat for yourself as the number one. Um, Pitching stats, but I think even the athletic rankings had you one, two, three, fourth. And that was before Keith added the two prospects that are lights out. Well, um, one of those guys, he had it was a hitter. So I don't know. I don't know if Anthony Volpe is going to. Manoa, Manoa is what I had one. He added two at the time. I was watching only one pitcher. Yeah. But, like, all you were saying yesterday that, like, Cortez and Detmers and even uh, Manoa. And they are all like three starters for fantasy purposes, not not for real life. And I and I just push back on that because um, like I know I mean I've seen it and so it's probably in that close thing. But like Dustin May the other night was unhittable, um, and he's always had the stuff. It's just been like other things that are keeping him from it, like uh, um, consistent play playing time because their rotation is always so loaded, uh, injury, and uh, you know just. The Dodgers being the Dodgers, they're not going to throw a guy six innings most of the time and all that. But I think he he went seven the other night. Seven, yep. And he got a quality start, and he was lights out. And playing with that defense behind him and the one support, he's absolutely going to get every time. I know wins aren't a category here, but quality starts are. And if he's in a game, he's going to stay in the damn game. Um, and he's going to get a ton of strikeouts with that sinker. Uh, I think Trevor Rogers is really interesting to him. He's going to Okay, do it. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. There you go. Paper clip time, boys. Paper clip. We've got to put paper clips on paper. Um, and then you're arguing that your IL is very, very strong. And, yep. and I say that, and you're counting on these guys coming back and being 100%. Uh, and exactly the guys who they are going forward. When we find oftentimes with spring training injuries that they're overcompensating for the entire rest of the year. So, you know, the preconceived notion of last year is like very strong that Rodon and Musgrave were top 20 guys and better than Manoa. And so far, Manoa's first start was nothing more at home about. He got hit around, he got beat up. I think he only got three and a third and he had nine hits on him. But that guy is electric. And Tampa, or Tampa, they played there that one, or they played in Fort Myers or whatever that one year. Toronto is absolutely going to let him get deep into every game that they can because he's their guy. Um, I think Alcantara is going to leave uh, lead the league in games again this year. Uh, Nestor is going to be just as nasty as he was. I think Reese Detmers is going to take a big step forward. Um, I think he's pitching better than yours. Um, and that's maybe a little unconventional and maybe a little biased just because I'm facing week one, but I am terrified of what he could do to a team over one week, especially if he gets the, you know, the two stars from Alcantara, like, let's say Cortez, over that time, he's going to rack up the totals. He's going to have a good ERA and win. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like the, the yeah, one, I, the one injury, like I would push back on that. I feel very confident in the guy being back to his full, full potential is Joe Musgrove. I mean, his injury was he dropped a weight on his toe and weightlifting. Like, I, I feel like that's probably pretty safe to assume that's not going to affect his actual pitching. I mean, so so long as he's able to like land on his foot, I think we're good. Yeah, uh, but the Rodon one um, is absolutely one of those types of injuries where overcompensation is going to happen the rest of the year. Um, 
or you know, uh, typically, yeah, uh, it's it's something that you're going to have to work around, and he's going to come back probably too early, and you know he's going to give up home runs in that new stadium because a, a fly ball with a slight breeze is going to knock it out of the park. And I just I don't think he's going to be able to return what the contract and real life that he got, and then also like his his starting ability there. Um, so yeah, I I don't think your pitching is bad. Uh, so I will say that like, I'm going to give you give you your props there. Your pitching is very good, but I don't think it is front line. I don't think it is. Um, I think it's top three or four. I mean, I would be okay with like top three. Maybe, but like I definitely. Where you think... fit in with Ping though? You haven't even said, uh, and like Degrom, you know, might miss the rest of the year. Let me let me pull up. Catch, uh, catch uh, like Breeze and be out for the rest of the year, but um, King's got Otani. Mario strikes him down. You're welcome for that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's great. It's great pitching. Josh's pitching is great. Alex's pitching is yeah. fantastic, Ping, especially Ping's, if he gets back. Yeah, Ping's definitely kind of falls off after after Degrom there. Alex's is really good. Alex is the one that I would not have too many issues with putting ahead yeah. of mine. But like, like after we had that conversation, like I did briefly go through like myself, Alex, and Keith. Those are the three that you were that we were discussing. And I, I, you know, I don't have the list anymore in front of me, but I, I did like a, like a top ten of like if you combine our rotations, what would the top ten starters be? I had four, Alex had four, and Keith had two in my rankings. But once again, you're, yeah. ta- you're talking to someone who is incredibly biased in the situation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Alex. Yeah, and I, and I readily admit that I'm bringing that in there too. But at least I'm arguing on behalf of someone else. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not out here arguing Kent to my Ada as one of these frontline guys too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Alex yeah, is so definitely Ada, there. Uh, I have yeah. a double, let me look at Josh's real quick. So I know he's got some really good names, but I haven't really physically like looked at it in a minute. Uh, you know, but a lot of quality there with Josh too. He does have Garrett Cole, which is nice. Gossman oh, is Gossman's, Gossman. Yeah, Gossman's like perennially underrated. I think at this point, he's obviously really good. Like I don't think he's yeah. mentioned as much as he maybe could be. I'm obviously a big fan of George Kirby. I would have acquired, mm-hmm. tried to acquire him on multiple occasions, but the most recent team who had him before Josh had a a price for me that was absurd, and then a realistic price for everybody else apparently. So the that was not going to happen. Known as the oh, the the walleye tax was very real on that one. That was yep. ab- absurd asks uh, for me from Kirby. That were just never going to happen. Yeah, definitely care to see what Valdez does. He's he strikes me kind of as a more like a uh, a real life guy than a fantasy guy. But even uh, that being said, last year didn't he have a stretch where he did not have a quality start for like four months? Yeah, no, he definitely had the quality. Those he, are valuable. Yeah, why not? But like he's not like going out there having like eight innings, ten ten Ks. It's it's kind of more like six, seven innings, one, two runs, three runs, five K. Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah. really good. But you know, I don't know if I think you'd be happy. You'd be okay with him as your number two. I think you'd like to have him as your number three. And Josh can say that because he has Cole and Gosman. So yeah, yeah. Logan I, Webb is also pretty good. He he diced up the Yankees on opening day. Yeah, Clay's is probably the best uh, reliever in baseball. Oh, he, he's insane. He's he's very good. And he's got him locked up. He's got uh, Barlow and Schreiber too. Are going to get save opportunities. Also, uh, Fulmer. 
I, I recognized on the first Cubs game that I watched where he, he was closing out, he was in the ninth, it was truly nothing. Where they were up four runs, but he still came in and closed out the ninth. He should be the prospective uh, closer there because he throws gaps. Um, and then he's got Charlie Morton in there, and I don't know, you know, exactly the outlook on a 38-year-old pitcher at this moment, but, uh, you know, I think you could safely assume that he's going to be okay. Uh, but yeah, it, the, the the rankings are generally fine. I just I think he's too low, and I think that's not a real argument. Um, I think the possibility of inactivity and stuff uh, should drive a couple other people down, but I think that's just on my own vibes. Um, and then, yeah, I don't, you know, Ping is absolutely going to be a contender this year for the championship again. He should make the playoffs again. That's on this, you know, health post through, but uh, the number one ranking there is vibes based off being a defending champion more than anything that actually happened in the spring or the offseason. Yeah. I mean, having Otani on his own is fantastic. I mean, you talk about a guy who is top five hitter and a top five pitcher and being able to use him as both. That's, yep. that's for our, for our setup, that is incredibly valuable. He's, he's going to be like the, the Jokic problem where he just wins the league MVP every year. <laughs> we just kind of mm-hmm. have to do, de- we just kind of have to deal with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, Even when it ha- uh, even know, when it happened before the suspension, I, we were all kind of like, uh, uh, <laughs> "Sure about that?" Yeah. Like I remember, like yeah. when we when we first did it. Uh, oh God, what was it? it was uh, uh, Chris was even kind of like, "Whoa, what now?" And he's like, oh, "Okay, no, I just saw Tatis at the very bottom. That's better, but not <laughs> not great." Yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird deal to make, um, and. I guess I support it because you know Tatis does have the ability to be number one, but I don't think the outfield has. Uh, you know, shortstop is kind of getting inundated with really little quality, like quality talent there, to where maybe like the the advantage of having a top line shortstop wasn't as much. But I think the outfield probably just has the same exact problem too. Like it's it's uh it's uh, there's a lot of people out there, and so many young guys are going to take big steps forward this year uh, to where. Uh, Tatis in the outfield isn't going to like he's still going to be special and that's not what I'm trying to say like he's still going to be special but he's not going to be so far out ahead of everybody else where um, that that deal ends up making a lot of sense yeah uh, I think the two best players in that deal went to ping and that's usually not a good thing when you're only when one team is only getting one player back <laughs> He definitely got okay. He didn't get springs in that deal too. I I, I forgot about, I forgot yeah. about springs. But. Cool. That's what he's calling it now. It's the Jeffrey Springs deal. 
and all of a sudden there's some new metric that spring shows as number one. So it makes oh, sense. Oh, okay. That that makes a whole lot of sense because I was when I saw that my first instinct was like, I mean, I can go look up the Jeffrey Spring Street in real life, but I don't know if anyone else is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, let me scroll down here to the transactions real quick. So springs so, in, yeah, in real I have, life. I have the deal. Yeah. Spring, or no, you're going to real life. Yes. Yeah, springs in real life was traded. Uh, by Boston with Chris Mazza for cash, Ronaldo Hernandez, and Nick Sogard. I'm thinking to myself, like, I like I don't know if anyone's gonna call it the Nick Sogard trade at any point in time, but okay, Nathan, whatever you say. And then now oh, as you Sogard say Nick Sogard or Eric Sogard. Nick. Huh? Nick. There's a Nick Sogard? Uh yeah, he's twenty five years old playing triple A baseball right now. So I don't think oh, there's okay, so so he is a Sogard. I don't know if he is that Sogard, but it, it is his name. Baseball reference uh, doesn't doesn't have a yeah spiritually sure. he is Sogard. Yeah, I, I don't see any any relation. And baseball reference is pretty good about that usually. So. Yeah, yeah. If he's a little white guy who wears glasses, he's definitely Sogard. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I mean, excellent deal, Tampa. Well, I, I I have something to say for Tampa at the very end of this when we're all done, but. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, it could be the Springs deal, and maybe Springs and Tatis end up making that deal not look so bad. Um, I mean, hey, may, maybe those two can like cancel out Trey Turner on his own, and then you got to figure out how to cancel out Otani. But yeah, it, it is like um, I would ask him if he would ever move Joe Pitch at that point, because that's basically what he did. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, I guess I would have to like. Ask him to see if uh, he would trade Jokic because, yeah, he's traded Otani and you know, maybe he doesn't make the playoffs this year. So maybe Otani wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have been the MVP because he wouldn't have deserved it because he didn't affect that actual way. But I guess in this one, like, I, I don't understand dealing a player like that ever, I guess. Um, I guess Tom traded the Grom for a bunch of prospects. But, uh, it's, yeah, it's, that's I, a little I different than Otani. <laughs> and Turner, like, I think he could legitimately be like a 30-30 a guy this year. Probably cruising to that right now. He's in the lineup to do it because they got, they got hitting around him. Um, and in the ballpark, too. I know you want to talk about Yankee Stadium, but Citizens Bank Ballpark is uh, pretty hitter-friendly. I think there's hockey might be the only sport where like repeating in is not like re, okay. Well, Alex has three peated in hockey now. That's obviously incredibly impressive, but like the, the state of competition beyond like the top couple teams, the other three sports are much more difficult to repeat in. I feel like basketball is the closest one to this. Uh, basketball has and always has had five teams, and then six teams is kind of random. Um, I think there's probably about seven or eight teams now in basketball. 
I know we were really close to that last year, uh, or this last year, or the season that ended a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, maybe you're right. And then you also have my team where my best player wasn't started for six months. Um, so that probably would have changed things, too, at least a little bit. Not that Morant is some stud for fantasy. He's one of those guys that's like Fran where he's a little bit worse than, for fantasy than he is for real life. Um, but certainly it would have helped. Uh, overcome some of the hardship Yeah, obviously, you know, yeah, football is the one where, like, if you repeat in football, congrats, because <laughs> your team can be toast after week two, and it can be not your fault in the slightest. Mm-hmm. You could score 39 points and lose to a team without quarterbacks. Okay, what do you want to wrap up on? Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, I just have a statement at the end that I want to close out on. You know, I just when I first had this podcast, and it was, it was my thing at the time. I had a statement that I ended every show with, and I think that's just uh, I might be bringing one back, or at least it might be temporarily for this week. So, um, yeah, if you're ready for me to close that, I'll close it out. Well, and we can be done right after that. I mean, I, I was going to say like I thought you had like a general like real life topic. Was it the Tampa Bay you want to talk about, or? Yeah, well, it's just a sentence. It's actually three words. Okay, I'll let you uh, do that here and we can wrap up then. All right, sounds good. Well, um, yeah, wonderful talking to you. Thank you for having me on, talking about ranks, talking about my team. Really excited to have a baseball team. Um, not making private that I would like to have my own team one day, so uh, I don't have to run past uh, specific waiver wire pickups past someone else. would like to be the owner, not the executive vice president going forward, but that's for another time. Uh, but yeah, my statement in this. Uh, I hope everyone had a wonderful time listening to this. It's certainly a good time recording it. You know, had a good time out here with us making this a true three-way pod. And I guess I'll end this on uh, fuck the Rays. Yeah, fuck the Rays. Bye. All right, big thanks to Spencer for popping on, doing a little baseball with me here. I mean, that is the only sport that is currently in season. So going to be a lot of baseball from here on out until we get closer to uh, the football uh off season busy work. You know, we have extensions at some point here. The draft, the real life draft is at the end of this month. So we can get to that here uh soon ish. Looking forward to that, even though I have no picks. But looking forward to the idea of it, I suppose. Um speaking of football, we do have one trade. I don't think I discussed this one on here, so Maybe this is a redo. Maybe it's not. Maybe I forgot to do it last week. Who knows? But we're talking about it now. Uh, Mike sending a third, or sorry, a second, a third, and a fourth to Keefe in exchange for Chase Claypool. Uh, Keefe wins this trade by a lot. I don't think I would have traded one second, let alone a second plus two other picks. But Mike chose to. Uh, I mean, anytime you can get probably soon to be Justin Fields' fourth best wide receiver. I mean, you just got to do it, right? They have DJ Morinell. They have Darnell Mooney. You got to expect they're probably going to draft someone or figure something else out. I mean, maybe Cole Komet is just – maybe Cole Komet is ahead of Chase Claypool on the pecking order. Uh, So, yeah, got to say I don't follow Mike's train of thought there. No, he has a ton of draft picks. Surely there could have been more – valuable players on other teams he could have gotten for that haul though um 
Yeah. Let's let's uh, look at baseball scores, I guess, right? It's Tuesday night. Uh, the, the latest games, I think, are just currently in the early stages, so most of the baseball is over for today. We have Josh absolutely putting it on nut, just a pretty thorough beating at the moment. Uh, not a whole lot is super close here, although the whip on Josh's team is not very good for his ERA, but the counting stats there are just very much in Josh's favor. It's 11 to 1 there. Um, maybe nut claws back a couple categories here, but that's going to be a, a win for Josh, I would have to assume. Uh, we got the newly invigorated Vegas Flamengo beating Keefe 8 to 4. We'll see how this goes. Obviously, there was a lot of talk about these two teams in the interview, so it's curious to see how this one finishes up. I gotta say, I more or less some of the hitting categories are pretty close here. So Keith is very much still alive here. Spencer Tom are very much still alive. I'll, I just I think I gotta go Keith here by a little bit, maybe like a seven five victory or so. It's currently 8-4 Tom and Spencer as we speak, though. Uh, the surprise of the week here is Barry just thoroughly beating Ping 9-3. Runs, homers, RBIs, average and OPS all not close. ERA, whip, and K-Walk all not close. Neither is quality starts. So pretty much anything Barry is winning in, it's not close. But Ping does have a pretty decent lead in steals and save holds. Got a leading K's. If he can keep the volume, he'll probably keep that. K-Walk could come into play here, I guess, but Ping needs a very big offensive finish here, and Barry needs to stall out a little bit if Ping wants to, to make this one close again, though. Gotta... You know, gotta finish strong there if you're the champ. Be, uh, be a bad look here to come out and start flat and get your ass beat week one. Uh, we have Mike up seven to four to one on his childhood friend Nathan. Uh, this one's actually very close still. Home runs, their runs, stolen bases, average, and OPS are all in play here. RBI, pretty uh, pretty solidly in favor of Nathan, as one may expect. Uh, Nathan has just one fewer homer, but has eleven more RBIs than Mike. It's pretty fitting. Um, Pitching-wise, Mike has the slight upper hand in the ratios, but Nathan's got a pretty good lead in K-Walk. A little bit more pitching volume as well. Uh, I think Mike brings this one home. I think it'll be a decently close matchup the rest of the way here. Uh, We have maybe the most competitive matchup to this point. Uh, Paolo and Chris. Paolo is up 6-5-1. He's got a lot of homers, 15 on the week. Uh, but a lot of hitting categories here are very close and could very easily be flipped. OPS probably in Pablo's favor here at this point, but average is close. Steals are tied. Only one RBI apart, only six runs apart, but Chris has a wide wide margin in the pitching volume, but not in the ratios where Paulo has a wide margin of lead. Uh, I think Chris pulls this one out, but I think this will be a pretty close one here to finish up. And lastly, as we sit here on Tuesday night, Fargo is up 6-5-1 to five to one on the walleye in what is a very close matchup on its own. Uh, only one run apart, only one homer apart, only three RBIs apart. I've got a pretty decent lead in steals, probably. 
enough cushion in the hitting categories, unless things go belly up for me here to end the week. But it would take my team stinking it up and Alex's team uh, turning it around. And I'd like to think I can hold on to those, but I'm not going to be overly confident in that. Uh, pitching, though, this is quite the pitching matchup here. Alex is leading ERA and whip with a 5.276 and a 1.397, respectively. Uh, that's still very much in play here. He's got a decent lead in Ks. Uh, quality start, we're only one quality start apart. <laughs> uh, we're tied in save holds, so there's there's a chance here. I mean, I like my, I don't hate my odds at winning, but I don't hate Alex's odds at winning either. You know, currently, as I said, Alex is up by one category, but with one, two, three, four, five, let's call it six, about half, roughly half the categories, I would say, are pretty close. Uh, this could flip. Either way, I wouldn't be shocked if, if either of us won it by a little, if either of us won it by a few categories, or if we just straight up tied. I don't really think there's any surprising outcome here outside of, like, I don't think any team's going to win, like, nine or ten categories by any means. But, yeah, that's where we're at in baseball. Spencer and I kind of talked about it. I think there's going to be a good amount of parity in the league this year. I think that would make for a very entertaining a few months here over the summer, and I both can't wait to see how it plays out and also want it to go really slowly so I can enjoy playing fantasy baseball again. Love it. My personal favorite fantasy sport. Yeah, glad to uh, be doing that with you guys, though. So that's all we got for today. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the far fewer minutes of me rambling than there is in a normal podcast but don't worry we'll be back with that next week when i have to recap this first matchup period so best of luck for the rest of you guys here and i will catch you all next time